ニヤヤパティパノバガワトサワカサンゴ Who have practiced insightfully サミチパティパノバガワトサワカサンゴ Those who practice with integrity イアリタンチャタリポリサユカアタポリサンブガラ That is the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings エサンバガワトサワカサンゴ These are the blessed ones, disciples アフナイヨ Such ones are worthy of gifts. Pahunayo, worthy of hospitality. Dakinayo, worthy of offerings. Anjali Karaniyo, worthy of respect. Adutarang Punya Ketang Lokatsa. They give occasion for incomparable goodness to arise in the world. Tamahang Sangang Abipu Chayami Tamahang Sangang Sirasa Namami. I chant my praise to this Tika. I bow my head to this Sangam.
So reflecting the way it is at this here and now, consciousness is like this. The body, the breath, state of mind, So you can call this uh, Buddha nature, Buddha mind, or whatever, but it doesn't matter what you call it as long as you recognize it and use it. <clears throat> so this reflective ability to observe the Bhutto, the knowing, the body like this, I'm not describing now, I'm just noticing right now this physical body sitting here like this. The breath. The way it is, and then the state of mind, the mood. Sound of silence, resonating in background like space, consciousness that supports the conditions. So the conditions come and go as is their nature. And the puto, puto knows, is aware, discerning, and not taking sides, not judging, not identifying, but discerning and knowing. So this is intelligence, this is wisdom. This is Dhamma, this is the way it is. <clears throat> so the human condition, this human, we call this the human body, it's like this, it has sensitive eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, retentive memory, feelings, emotions, memories. And so th in this way of reflecting, you know, that which is aware is not memory, is not uh, Feeling is not uh, the body. It's Bhutto, it's the knowing, discerning, universal intelligence. And then we, when we begin to appreciate this, then trust it, then <clears throat> we have a <clears throat> perspective on the conditions that we, we tend to uh, be deluded by. So this sense of delusion, the conditions are what they are, but our attachment and ignorance, not knowing the, this reality, not knowing reality, we attach identify so the sakya ditti silapata paramasa vichikicha the three fetters is the conditioning process after you're born you're not born with a personality or cultural biases or thinking language so let's emphasize these are, these are, this is the conditioning process done through um, the society, the culture, the religion, and all like this. This is, uh, we identify, we take sides, we 
become these conditions. And so we find ourselves always in a state of division, separateness, alienation is always an enemy. The sense of myself as a, the more I kind of indulge in that sense of me and mine, the more lonely, isolated I feel. Separate, threatened by a strange world around me that I don't understand. So then we suffer, dukkha. Then the suffering, the Buddha says, is the first noble truth. So we become aware of, of suffering, awaken to it, and then the four noble truths. Suffering, causes of suffering, end of suffering, cessation of suffering, and the path of no suffering. And all this really results itself uh, with mindfulness. Whether it's metta, whether it's nibbana, anatta, unconditioned, uh, unborn, uncreated, unformed, shunyata, the deathless, amravati. These are words, you know, just kind of slight different, slightly different ways of looking, but the point is not to grasp the meaning or the perspective, but to w realize, recognize, this still point that includes everything. So you see, it's not a matter of making doctrinal positioning on anatta or like the question about Hinduism, Atman, and then we say, Buddhists don't believe in Atman, we believe in Anatta, non-Atman. It goes on like, this is, this is cultural conditioning, religious conditioning, a kind of clinging to concepts. The whole point of the Buddhist teaching is not to cling to it, but awaken. So it's not a matter of believing or disbelieving in the Atman, but in being awake and aware. Or, <clears throat> you know, being a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever is not, this is a, still a sangsara, the Sakyatiti Tilabhattabharamasa, which is Kecha. So then the Four Noble Truths, the Paticca Samuppada, the Ten Fetters, Four Stages, and all the rest, Abhidhamma, the Pali Canon, all this is not for grasping, but it's not for believing, but it's a way of investigating the reality of now. It's not a matter of, if we, people read the Pali Canon and then they uh, form views and opinions about it. <clears throat> so it's like, you know, you, you've got this profound teaching but then you, you, you grasp it. And, and because of the, the uh, Sakya, Sakya Ditti, 
this basic delusion, Sakaditi Silapacha Bharamasa Vichikecha. So even though you're grasping something very good, wisdom teachings, you're not, wisdom isn't coming out of it. You form sects, cults, and so forth, and, and form views, de, uh, divisive views about uh, Buddhism or religion in general. So they, they're saying that they, somebody uh, once asked me what, how I would, could I describe the essential teaching of the Buddha in a sentence? And so I said, I can do it with one word. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> So awakening is not, you know, waking up from sleeping in the morning because of the alarm clock. <laughs> Being, you know, awakening to the present and not, not operating from the conditions. Being a helpless kind of uh, conditioned creature, you know, we, we experience life through the conditions of Silabhata Bharamasa Sakayaditi and Vichikita. So these words I'm using over and over again and uh, people you know, who are not familiar with them again I repeat Sakayaditi uh, is uh, ego or personality view. It's a conditioned sense of me and mine Identity with the five aggregates of the five khandas, uh, rupa, vedana, sanya, sankara, vijnana, uh, comes from avicca, not understanding the four noble truths, there are three aspects and twelve insights. So this four noble truths is, uh, you know, it's very neat. It's a neat package. <coughs> Because, you know, what you say, Four Noble Truths, Three Aspects, Twelve Insights. That's what I call a neat package. <laughs> but when you put it like that, it's not very inspiring, is it? You know, <laughs> three aspects of what? Three, twelve insights. <laughs> and so we... But this is for, you know, it's a tool to use. It's not, it's not meant to inspire, and I believe in the Four Noble Truths. Uh, <laughs> Buddhist doctrine says that you must believe in the Four Noble Truths. Well, this, it's not like this. It's not, this is a kind of misunderstanding, misuse of them. So dukkha is not something you believe in. It's something you, you experience. So then the three aspects of each noble truth is uh, Bariati, Bhattiwaiti, Bariati, Bhattipati, Bhattiwaiti. These are Pali terms. They describe the, 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 uh, the statement. Bariati the, is the statement, the intellectual statement. There is Dukkha, Bhattipati, tells you what to do, understand, it should be understood. And then Bhattiwait is the result of having, under, you know, understanding dukkha. And so these are, this is that Bhattipata is practicing, is using the, these truths, not just grasping the meanings or the ideas, but applying it. Understanding means, the dukkha means to Admit it, look it, notice, feel it. Dukkha is like this. There is this dukkha. And so you, it's like maybe you've suffered all this time, but there's never really 
you spent most of your life trying to get away from it. As soon as you feel a little upset, anxiety, ill at ease, you eat something, smoke a cigarette, have a drink, switch on the telly. <laughs> because, uh, you know, this is a way of distracting ourselves from boredom or loneliness or restlessness. Not to mention the more, you know, the, the p great passions of, of uh, greed and lust and anger and jealousy. But so much of our life is not that extreme. It's just learning to get by the day, you know, waiting in the queue, waiting for the bell to ring, waiting for the bus, going shopping at the supermarket, trying to decide which brand of cereal you, you buy. It's <laughs> learning to put up with the the vicissitudes of your family, their problems, emotional demands, uh, changes in family life, in the workplace, in the society. So it can be pretty dreary, isn't it? Just uh, another day. More suffering, putting up with things, Grinny, grin and bear it, get by, you know, have a drink when you get home, <clears throat> just to ease the, the misery and boredom, and then uh, go to sleep. Then you have moments where you, you have, you know, romances, adventures, excitements, <clears throat> but much of one's life is not that extreme, is it? It's, it's ordinary getting through, getting up in the morning, put on your clothes, making breakfast, eating, going to work, <laughs> daily routine. Monastic life, you know, getting up, putting on your robe, going to morning puja, monotonous poly-chanting. <laughs> and uh, work, and then this and that, and then the crises and emotional upheavals of members of the community and on and on like this day in, day out. <laughs> now this is, this is the way life is, isn't it? It's, you know, there's times there are great kind of peak moments of, of, you know, everything's fantastic and wonderful. But most of life is just like this, breathing, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, sound of silence, So when we, you know, when we want romance, adventure, excitement as a kind of continuous uh, <laughs> ongoing relationship to life, it's, uh, it's hard to sustain it, isn't it? It's uh, like that, like a peak moment. Uh, you can't, we want, there's maybe the idea where you feel complete and whole and uh, everything's marvelous, fulfilled, but to sustain that feeling, like it, then it, you know, you, you have what we call a peak moment, and that determines the, the uh, cessation of it. It's like you're breathing, isn't it? You have this inhalation, exhalation. So you inhale, and you can't just inhale all the time. You've got to stop. That's the peak, isn't it? And then the exhaling begin. 
Well, see, that's the pattern of conditioned phenomena, arising, ceasing, birth and death. So this relationship to conditioned phenomena is no longer the sense of controlling it or trying to make everything one permanently long inhalation or one continuous romantic high, but to you know, investigate the way it is, awaken to conditioned phenomena like this. arising, ceasing, and then that which knows this arising, ceasing isn't about arising and ceasing. It's not about sakya ditti silabhattabharamasa vichikecha. So it's as simple as this, does your exhalation, can it understand and see your inhalation? <laughs> or is that something, you know, that's not inhaling, exhaling, that observes the inhalations like this, exhalations like this? So this is the, you know, this is the reflectiveness. Your inhalation is not doesn't have views and opinions about exhaling, and it and it can't possibly notice it when exhaling happens and inhaling has ceased. So this is, but that which is aware is aware of, of both inhalations like this, exhalations like this. Then we, then the Sakya Ditti comes in and we, we have views about how you should breathe and, and um, on and on like that. We, we make it, we complicate it with this sense of my breathing and, uh, and then we want to get something out of it. We want to use Anapanasati for, to get calm and tranquil. So the Sakya Ditti comes in and we're, we're trying to to use the breathing of our bodies, and we we read books about pranayama and all kinds of different ways of breathing, and we and we grasp all this information with sakya ditti, and suddenly breathing is uh, complicated. And you've got to, you know, you should develop certain kinds of breathing or not breathe in certain ways or... But in the mindfulness, it's just the breathing is like this. Inhaling is like this. Exhaling is like this. It's very simple. And it's not about my breath. You know, it's kind of designating this is Ajahn Sumedho's inhalation. It's just an inhalation is like this. I don't have to, to put a label or my name tag on my breathing process. <laughs> it's natural, isn't it? I was, when you're born, then you start breathing <clears throat> before your parents give you a name. There's nothing mysterious about it, or, or you know, it, it's just it's it's very ordinary. But it's like we don't we you know we our our sakya ditti problems are endless and they and they they wind us up, they bind us to suffering. There's always something wrong, something threatening. There's always a sense of dissatis being dissatisfied 
of discontentment. And uh, no matter how good life can be, there's still this sense of, you know, even if, it, even if you've been very successful, there's always, along with that, is a sense of losing it, of me not being successful. And so this, this sense of contentment, you don't find contentment very often amongst human, human people because we're, you know, we're programmed to be discontented, always wanting something we don't have, not wanting life to be the way it is. We can always imagine it could be better. There's always somebody to blame. The weather, blame the weather. Uh, the people you live with, the society, parents. God, blame God. I'm unhappy because life has somehow been disappointing, isn't what I expected. When you're young, you're expecting, you know, I remember young and idealistic, I was expecting a lot from life by the age 30. What a terrible disappointment. <laughs> and I didn't get what I was expecting. <clears throat> so that, that disappointment was a dukkha you know, the first noble truth. And then that led me on to, to meditation, you know. I could, uh, you know, I couldn't blame my suffering and really believe it on anything or anyone in particular. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I could find somebody to blame wherever, but, uh, you know, it, but I couldn't really believe in it. You know, just could see, be aware that that uh, this feeling of unsatisfaction, dissatisfaction. So the uh, and that led to the investigating the Four Noble Truths. So the three aspects and the twelve insights. Three times four is twelve. <laughs> you see how neat the package is. And then the arahant is the one who has the twelve insights. So that applies, you know, the Second noble truth, uh, there is the cause of suffering, the cause is uh, <clears throat> uh, attachment to desire, ignorance, avicca, dhanha, ubadana. So this is like a paticca samupada, dependent arising, avicca, bhajya, sankhara, sankhara, bhajya, vinyana. This is a uh, you know, this uh, Paticca Samupada is about the second noble truth, investigating the second noble truth. So it's, um, if there's ignorance, avicca, conditions or influences, sankharas. And sankharas are conditions, putting the Pali word into an English one, or things that born and die. Where there's thoughts, emotions, physical body, sense experiences. So as long as there's a vicha, then our relationship to the conditioned world is, uh, it always takes us to suffering or dissatisfaction. Because we start with a vicha, we end up with dukkha as our suffering. So this is, this is this, uh, the first half of but teacher Samupada is the second noble truth, investigating the causes of suffering due to ignorance, and then the, from that ignorance, the 
desire, dhanha arises, and then that attachment or ubadana, clinging to desire, three kinds of desire, gamadana, pavadana, vipavadana. And then the result of that clinging is suffering, dukkha. Sokka paritewa tukka tomanasa upayasa. Grief, sorrow, despair, and anguish. So this is, you know, this is not a depressing a view of all everything's miserable, but it's it's a way of investigating. Vicha is not understanding the Four Noble Truths. Never having bothered to investigate and and uh, practice and have the bhati weighty the insight, then, of course, the, the result uh, of avicca is uh, dukkha. Now, this is, this is not a doctrine. This is for investigating. It's, a, it's meant to be used as a tool for, for examining your own experience. So in, uh, like in, uh, you have the avicca, sankhara, vijnana, namarupa gets into, you know, that goes from vijnana, consciousness, to uh, ignorance affects conscious experience. Consciousness is not ignorance, but when you start with avicca, this is your modus operandi. You start from sake ditti. I am an enlightened person and I have to practice in order to become enlightened. I'm not good enough and I see all kinds of things I detest in myself and I want to get rid of all those and become an arhat, which I think is, you know, the some ideal state that maybe I would like much better than the one I'm in right now. <laughs> so, so, you, so if you start with this assumption, unquestioned assumption, well then that affects the sankhara, the consciousness, then uh, namarupa, uh, you know, the, the, the mental physical, and, they, and then the salayatana, six sense experiences, uh, which you have uh, contact senses with their objects, sense organs with their objects, which, which create desire, pasa, vedana, feeling. You know, so you, out of ignorance, you, you see something beautiful, you, you create a desire for it, you see something Ugly, you want to get rid of it. So the dhanha, then the upadana, the clinging to desire, creates the becoming, which creates rebirth, which leads to suffering as a result. I've done this for many years, just exploring this you know, to see in my, in my own experience, in, uh, in, in my life, uh, monastic life, just seeing how every, every time I start with avicca, with sakya ditti silabhata baramasa vichikicca, as starting from this point, you know, even the best of monastic life is still unsatisfying. There's always something wrong with it as some, something that you don't like about it. Or there's always somebody that's giving you a bad time in it. Or, <laughs> and, you know, and you get bored with it and, uh, and all the kind of monkishness and, and <laughs> Buddhist uh, rubbish that you hear. And you, so you, you know, you, 
you know, you, you like certain things and don't like certain things. And this is, this is Sakya Ditti Dilavata Paramasa Vichikicha. So then instead of always, you know, being caught in this, uh, you, you awaken mindfulness. So mindfulness then, by exploring the, the causes, the dhanha, three kinds of dhanha and ubadana, you begin to see, the, you know, you're looking at it from this perspective of, the, of awareness, not from views and opinions and from uh, sakya ditti. So that is, you know, you begin to have understanding of the bhati weight or the insight into uh, letting go of, the, of that desire rather than just having a desire to get rid of desire. You know, anyway, it's not desire to get rid of desire, still desire. So it's not about getting rid of or annihilating or not having any desires, but letting go of desire. And so the insight, when you have the first insight into letting go of desire, that's the butty weight, the, Desire has been let go of. You see, so it's this three aspects of the second noble truth. Bariati is the statement. There is the origin, the suffering, which is uh, attach, ignorant attachment to the three kinds of desire. And then practice is letting go of desire. To let go of desire, you have to know what you're letting go of. So it's not suppressing desire, is it? It's, it's understanding, knowing desire, the three kinds of desire in, in their gross, coarse aspects or refined or subtle ones. You know, so then, then you have the insight into letting go. Letting it be. In other words. So letting go isn't you know, suppressing or destroying anything. It's, it's just leaving it. It is like this. So desire is like this. You release your grip on it so you don't become the desire. Then the desire is impermanent. It ceases. So you, you see, you know, you have this insight. Bhati Vaiti, uh, the insight. Desire has been let go of. <coughs> So then the, the um, third noble truth, there is the cessation, so it's called niroda, cessation of suffering. So notice that the niroda then is uh, the end of suffering. So you have the insight uh, you know, from letting go of desire, then it leads to the third noble truth. There is the end, there is an end, the cessation of suffering realized. So the insight practice, the bhati-bhata is uh, realizing. So when we say realizing, you know, this is quite an important word, and yet in English we use it, you know, you, you've got to face up to and realize this and that, but this is about reality here and now. This is real. This, you know, when not letting go of desire and desire ceases, Sakyajiti ceases, Bhattabharamasa ceases, Vichikicha ceases, the end of suffering. And you discern that, the end of suffering. There is the end of suffering, and, and this realizing is recognizing. The end of suffering is this, and it, it is awareness. There's nothing, uh, you know, precious or difficult. It's just recognizing, realizing. This is the end of suffering, is like this. But then I think, the end of my suffering, then they're back in Sakaya Ditti again. 
But at that moment, the suffering that you were experiencing when you let go of it, and you're, and, you know, with mindfulness, then you see the end of suffering. It's, it's that quick, you know, it's not... <clears throat> Sometimes they make Naroda into some kind of profound, total, annihilative experience, but don't wait for the total end of the universe. This is happening all the time, <clears throat> you know, daily life. So this is uh, this Naroda, the, the Naroda of the Third Noble Truth isn't about, you know, some special kind of Naroda experience. It's, a, it's quite ordinary, but not noticed, not recognized, not realized. And so this this is why you can integrate <coughs> into daily life. <coughs> you know, it's not a matter of running away from society and and, and control, living in a uh, in a vacuum, a soundless vacuum where nothing irritates. But it's in the in the flow and in the you know in the inferno of life, the, a lotus that blooms in the midst of the inferno is indestructible. And so, you know, a lotus is generally, you know, like a delicate flower, uh, you know, an inferno is a, is a kind of terrifying heat, uh, kind of overwhelming uh, heat and, and strength and threats. And then the lotus is very delicate, fragrant, beautiful thing in the midst of an inferno is indestructible. So this is this is mindfulness again, the recognizing and cultivating awareness, mindfulness. So then the insight cessation has been realized, fully realized, which leads to there is the uh, way of non-suffering. And so this way of non-suffering, or the Eightfold Path, uh, is uh, how to live one's life, daily life, within the, within the human form and the conditions you find yourself. So it's a uh, Samaditi, Samasangapo, Samawaja, Samakamanto, Samachivo, Samawayamo, Samasati, Samasamadi. It's all Samasama. <laughs> Isn't that a Malay word? <laughs> so. Which is, you know, the right understanding, and then, but it isn't about right and wrong. It's, it's a profound understanding. It's an understanding that comes through wisdom, not through, through uh, intellectual views about what's right and wrong. This is a limitation. Language is always a limitation. Language is dualistic. And it's supposed to be, it can't be any other way. So, so that's why, uh, you know, when you're attaching to your intellectual views and opinions, you always end up with wichikecha. Because you're never quite sure on that level of intellectual uh, grasping of, of concepts and ideas. But, you know, so like the taste of honey, isn't it? If somebody says, honey is delicious and you've never tasted it. And then... You, you just say, well, Ajahn Sumedho says honey is delicious. Then you say, well, what does it taste like, Ajahn Sumedho? I say, it's sweet. You say, Ajahn Sumedho says honey is sweet. <laughs> well, then does it taste like sugar? Well, it's, no, it's, it's sweet, but it's a different taste. It tastes like, um, it doesn't taste like molasses. It doesn't taste like maple syrup. 
but it's sweet like that and delicious. And then maybe I'll give you the chemical formula <laughs> for honey. So you've got this, whatever the chemical formula for honey is, you've got that in your mind. You still don't have a clue of what a taste is until you taste it. You know, just the simple act of tasting it, you know. Tastes like this. So then cultivating, or bhavana, Pali word bhavana is, uh, is uh, cultivating, they use the uh, uh, English cultivating, developing, but it's from samaditi, you know, this uh, perfect understanding of these noble truths. I mean, you, on the bariati level, bhati bhatra and the, and the bhati weight. So the Arahant has had the, the real insight into, you know, the cultivating of mindfulness in daily life. So it's an integ integrating mindfulness into the, the ordinary life that we all have to live. Remember, this is a special situation here at Spirit Rock. But we all have to go back to the daily routine in a couple of days. <laughs> and, uh, and how much sakyaditi are you going to produce when you go home? You know? <laughs> or more and more you'll be aware of views, opinions, likes, dislikes, anxiety, worries uh, about the future. Because your relationship to it now is knowing and not you know, not trying to get rid of anything, but recognizing. Worrying about your families like this. So you're not trying to stop worrying, but your, your relationship to worry changes from grasping it to observing it. Being the puto, seeing it in terms of dhamma rather than you know, my, I, you know, I'm, my worries, my problems. So then this is the um, other side of Paticca, the Naroda side of Paticca Samupad is the third noble truth. And any point of mindfulness as you appreciate, recognize, and cultivate mindfulness, then the ignorance drops immediately. It's just the, you know, the avicca's gone. So you get caught up starting with avicca, you know, so you start meditating, I'm an unenlightened person uh, and I'm practicing hard to become enlightened. You start from this and you're sitting here trying to get enlightened <laughs> and then you see what you're doing. Suddenly, it's in, you, the, you switch on the light. Or you wake up to this uh, sakyaditi, this assumption, I am an enlightened person that's practicing to become. You're, you see this, and that's then the cessation's there. It, the suffering at that moment has ceased. So then you you know, suffer, there is the end of suffering. There is a cessation of suffering. So then you, and you realize it, this is, this is real, this is not theoretical. This is, this is reality. And then cultivating this, this, this is samaditi, right understanding which then, then how we live our lives uh, within this human form till it dies is cultivating uh, right understanding, right intention, attitude, right speech, right action, right livelihood, 
right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration, <coughs> the Eightfold Path. But that oh, sounds a bit too complicated. It's just trusting awareness. <laughs> Living, you know, taking refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, being aware and, and investigating, noticing, keep, keep, you know, awakening to, <coughs> to the moment here and now. Till the, through cultivating the Eightfold Path, through Pawana, then things drop away. You're not making karma out of ignorance anymore, so your relationship to the conditioned realm is, is knowing it, and you find this stillness, this stability, the agupa jado vimuti, unshakable deliverance of the heart. Sangha. 